praise God. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I just, man, I get so excited when it comes time to teach the Word, and, and I, I'm grateful for all of you that tune in for our podcast and just hope that they're a blessing to you. I want to jump right into this today, so um, if you got your Bibles, uh, go ahead and get your Bible out. We can go to uh, Ephesians chapter 1 to start with. Um, if, you, if you don't have your Bible or maybe you're driving down the road or something like that, just uh, just listen. But So I was thinking about this the other day. We had a graduation for one of our, our graduates and just, uh, just interviewing her and talking to her uh, right before graduation and talking with her, her family and um, all that was going on with her and her thoughts and stuff like that. And I think this is probably the general consensus for, for a lot of us um, is that, that we think about where we were uh, in relation to where we are. And, and God wants us to truly get past all that. God wants us to focus on who we are now in Him and less about where we once were. Uh, probably one of the most famous lines of probably one of the most famous songs ever written uh, was uh, a song, it's called Amazing Grace, and I'm sure you've heard of it. But in the in one of the lines in the song, he says, I once was lost but now I'm found. You know, you think about that song. That song has been sang by some of the most famous artists uh, of every era, of every type of music. I mean, it's been rapped. It's been a country song. It's been uh, Southern gospel. It's, a, it's definitely in the hymns. They even made the, the song into a movie. Um, just So everybody knows Amazing Grace, but the song was actually written by John Newton, and if you do any studies at all about John Newton, or even if you saw the movie uh, Amazing Grace, you know that John Newton was an enslaver who himself ended up becoming enslaved. And, and what I mean by that is as an enslaver, John Newton, as a boat captain, would go and, and buy slaves, would purchase slaves to bring them back to, uh, to, to Great Britain, to England, to to, to sell those, and he had some slaves himself. And, and what he began to find is that he himself had become enslaved to the sin that he was committing. And it became something that put him in such a bondage um, that he, was, he, he would struggle with depression. He would struggle with anxieties and feelings of, of just, um, just such a, a, a weight, such a burden upon him until he finally got to the place where he understood that in Christ Jesus, when he repented and turned from his wicked ways, he could truly declare, I once was lost, but now I'm found. As with most of the, the men and women that we help get into our Adult and Teen Challenge programs, and just like many of you that are listening to this podcast today, we were once all, every one of us, in a place where we, where we were enslaved to sin, where we were lost spiritually and mentally. Mentally in the fact that we struggle in our own thought life with issues of anger and unforgiveness, unworthiness, and maybe even fear. But much like the prodigal son, the Bible says in Luke 15, it was when he came to himself. It's when we came to ourselves, when we called out to God and asked Jesus Christ to become Lord of our lives, then we were found. So what does it mean to be found? Or, or a better way to say it is, what does it mean to be saved?
Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 through 12 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in the earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Now, I know that's a lot, but you need to understand this. Paul said, because we have been saved through the precious blood of Jesus, we have also been redeemed. That's really what I want you to see right here. It's through the precious blood of Jesus we've been redeemed. Redeemed. Redeemed is a churchy word that means released upon payment. So here's a word you probably know, ransomed. Ransom people that have been taken and held captive, often their captors do so for some sort of ransom. Think about the movies that have been made. There, there, there was a movie that was several years ago it was called Taken, and, and they wanted the ransom. Uh, and, and we there, there's all these different movies that they make about people that go out and, and would kidnap somebody for money. And so what happened was those those people that are kidnapped they are in bondage they are enslaved to their captors but jesus said though we were enslaved to the to the captor of the enemy it is through the blood of jesus it's through the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ that he ransomed us he redeemed us that we have been set free god never intended any of us to become slaves to sin Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God told us to have dominion. He made man in His image and then told us to have dominion. God never designed us to be slaves. He designed us to rule, to reign, to have dominion. God had a perfect plan for man to live and to rule over all of his creation. But when man fell, when man was tricked by the enemy, he was taken captive by the deceiver, but yet God had already prepared the ransom. Jesus is our Redeemer. Jesus is our ransom. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18-20 through 20 says, Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from our aimless conduct, received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, 
He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Jesus redeemed us with his precious blood. There was no amount of money that could do it. There was no amount of silver or gold. There was no amount of good deeds that could do it. It had to be the spotless Lamb of God. So now that Jesus has come, now that he has died for you and I, now that he has risen from the grave, does that mean that no one ever becomes enslaved again? Unfortunately, no. In our fleshly bodies, we still have a sin nature because of Adam and Eve. That's why Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, he says, The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because of our fleshly nature, and Paul gives us this great list of things that many of us have struggled with or maybe are still struggling with. If we continue to practice those things, if we do these things, if if we do not make Jesus Christ Lord of our lives and turn from these things. If we continue to walk in them, then we are enslaved to them. And to be enslaved to them, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. As long as we allow our flesh to rule over our lives, we will continue to walk in sin. But as soon as we die to self, As soon as we make the decision to live according to the Spirit of the living God, as soon as we make the decision to to allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse us and Him to become Lord of our lives, we are no longer slaves to the sinful nature. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So how can you tell if you have truly died to self? How can you tell if you are living in the Spirit? I mean, that's the question we need to ask ourselves. How can we tell? Well, I can tell you. It's when our desires change. I spent 20 years in addiction. I spent 20 years drugs and alcohol I remember even being in a a denominational church and and, and going to the altar time and time again, but my desire to continually drink was there. But when I cried out to God, when I died to self, when I made Jesus Christ truly Lord of my life, not just because I wanted to, to not go to hell, but when I truly wanted to change, my desires changed because what happened was is my old man died and I invited the Spirit of the living God to live in me. And when the Spirit of the living God became uh, real in my life, just like Ezekiel said, he gave me a new heart. He took my old crusty heart out and gave me a new heart. And just like many that have had heart transplants in the natural, they talk about how they, they begin to desire different things because that heart that's in them is somebody else's heart. My heart became the heart of God and I began to desire the things of God, not the things of my flesh. That's why I can declare 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, 
all things become new. They become new because my desires change and I desire the new and I no longer desire the old. Not only do our desires change, but Paul tells us that in Christ is now in us and then we are in Him. His Spirit has taken up residence in us. My fleshly man no longer has control because I am dead to the old man. Today I live by the Spirit of the living God that is in me. Pastor Bobby Davis uh, wrote a book years ago called Saved and Still Enslaved. And, 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 and if you use, look at that book, he uses the, the children of Israel as our example. God brought them out of the bondage of Egypt, but yet they still had the bondage mindset and they could never find true freedom. They, they were enslaved to Pharaoh. And yet when God brought them out, they had a, a, an enslavement mentality. Even though they were free, even though they were promised the promised land, even though they were promised a land flowing with milk and honey, they still had a bondage mentality. God would rain down manna from heaven. He would give them water from a rock. He would give them quail, but they continually turned from God and would constantly talk about going back into Egypt and how much better the bondage was than what God was offering them. And that is how so many of us get as we think about the, the, the life that we lived in comparison into the life that God wants us to live. And we need to, to take the scales off of our eyes and we need to see that what He has offered us is so much better than once we would have once had. We can, we can read over and over in the Old Testament how the children of Israel would go and they would do good for a while, but then they would fall back into their old ways and they would call out to God and He would come back and He would rescue them again. Then they would turn again and it was just this repetitive situation. Why? Why would He allow them to do that? Why would they do that? And the reality is that, that, that we know that the, the, the Spirit of God, that, that God Himself would hover over them while they were in the desert and He would come down and meet with them in the, in the temple of meeting. And we know that Moses would go up to the mountain and meet with God or go into the temple of meeting and meet with God. So they had the Spirit of God with them. But unlike us today, we had the Spirit of God in us. Not just with us, but in us. They had the Spirit of God with them, but not in them. When Jesus came and died and rose again, He said in John 16, verse 7, that it was to our benefit that He went to be with the Father because He would send His Spirit, the paraclete, the one that comes alongside, the comforter, to be in us. When you make a decision to die to self and allow His Spirit to rule in your life, you can break the chains of bondage once and for all. The prophet Isaiah speaking not only to the children of Israel during their time of captivity to the Babylonians when they called out to God, but also looking forward to a future time when the people in captivity to their flesh would also call out to God, our Savior. He, he said this, Isaiah said this, Isaiah 41.10, just as much to the children of Israel as he's saying it to us today. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We have all been in spiritual bondage and we have all been in need of a Redeemer to ransom us. We wonder if there is any way we can get out of the mess that we have got ourselves into. And God says, yes, fear not. 
The children of Israel had been in this spot before and they were calling out to God for help and he promised them, I am with you. Today we have an even greater hope because we know that if we're born again, he is in us. When God brought the Israelites out of Babylon, he not only set them free from the Babylonians, he also made provision for them to rebuild the wall around the city, to rebuild the temple. He blessed them with provision to succeed. He said, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. We've all made mistakes. We all have a past. But today it is different. Today, we need to call out to God. Today, we need to understand that this scripture is is for us, that He will strengthen us. He will help us. He will uphold us. God is saying to each and every one of us, He brought us out. He has paid the ransom. He has made the provision. But He also said He wants to help us along our way. If we will trust in the Lord with all of our heart, There are three things that He will do for each and every one of us. Number one, He will help in all of life's circumstances. We we have changed. When we get saved, when we die to self, we change. But the world doesn't change. We understand that, that, that we live in a fallen world, but we can be the change element. Genesis 4-7 says, says this, this is during the time when Cain and Abel, and God says, He says, if you will do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. He, he's speaking to, to, to Cain, and he's saying, listen, just like for you and I, he said, sin is at the door, it's crouching. It's, it, it wants to, to destroy us. But because of the Spirit of the living God that wants to help us, that wants to uphold us, we can rule over sin. We shall rule over it. We have been born again. Now it's time to, to, to seek after the living God. He says, fear not. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15 says, Do not be afraid, nor dismayed, because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Again, when we get saved, when we get born again, when the Spirit comes inside of us, we are new creatures in Christ, but the world does not change. But He tells us, don't be dismayed because of the great multitude, for the battle's not ours. The battle is the Lord's. Listen, I would love to tell each and every one of you that has been born again, those of you that are new creatures in Christ, that life is a piece of cake, but I'll never lie to you. Listen, if 2020 has taught us anything, in the midst of storms, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of violence on many fronts, we can still hold tight to the promises of Jesus. John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus overcame for us when He died on the cross. He defeated the enemy when He rose from the grave. And all He asks is that we trust Him and keep Him close and keep the world at arm's length. We have been transformed We have been given the power to rule over sin as long as we allow Jesus 
to rule in us. Not only will He help in every circumstance, but He wants to help supply all our needs. Notice it doesn't say all our wants, but it says all our needs. We don't need to be, we don't believe in the name it claim it gospel, but we do believe that he wants us to be blessed. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now to him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. See, God desires to bless us with his goodness. As a loving father whose pleasure is to shower his children with good things, God wants us to experience the fullness of his greatness. I love the prayer of Jabez, and I was reminded of this prayer this, this past week when Pastor Ed Young uh, spoke on this. The prayer of Jabez is a small book. If you've never read it, man, look it up. It'd it, it probably take you less than an hour to read, but man, there are such powerful things in this little book. And it comes from the passage of Scripture in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. 1 Chronicles 4.10 says, and, the, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Man, I love that passage of Scripture. That is on my prayer list that I pray just about every day. See, we, 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 have, we have been taught prayer uh, we've been taught to pray out the Word of God. We've been taught to believe in all the promises of God. And we need to understand, if He did it for Jabez, He will do it for us. God not only wants to help us in every circumstance, and God not only wants to supply every one of our needs, but thirdly, He also wants to fulfill His purpose for our lives. I truly believe that God has one purpose and that is His purpose. And God's purpose is fulfilled through His Son, Jesus. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that we should all come to repentance. So how does that fulfill our purpose? Because when we are transformed, when we die to self, when we invite the Spirit of the living God to live in us, when we receive His heart and our desires change, then our purpose is His purpose. His purpose is the will for all humanity. And we begin to serve that purpose through Him. Because when we have His Spirit, we have His heart to do, to do and fulfill His will. I love this passage in Psalm 138. Verse 8, it says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hand. Get this, saints. God is concerned with that which concerns you. And when you are living for Him and He is in you, His desires are your desires. We, 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 we were all at a place where we were enslaved and lost. But God made a way, a ransom for you and for I. He has redeemed us. He has filled us. And now He has great things in store for us. No one's sins are too much for God. 
not John Newton's, not yours, or not mine. For Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Listen, call out to God. Invite Him to come into your heart and be Lord of your life. Then you too can declare right now, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to minister your word. And I thank you for each and every one that heard this word. And I pray, Father, for those that know you as Lord and Savior, that this word has encouraged them and strengthened them with all might to live for you. And for those that may not know you as Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. And I pray that they would cry out to you today, repent of their sins, turn from their wickedness, and invite you to come in to be Lord of their lives so that they too can receive the ransom, the redemption that only comes through the blood of Jesus. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we give you praise for these things. For we ask them in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you again for listening. Hope you have a great week. And until next time, God bless.